TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. We have got psychologist and author Dr. Anthony Rayo on the phone this morning. You made a turkey breast for Thanksgiving? I love it. <laughs> How does news get around? Absolutely. It's that? simple. Simple, uh-huh. simple. Brine it a couple of days in a bag. It looks kind of creepy in there, but just uh-huh. yeah. go with it. <laughs> and then it just, you know, it's a simple thing to do because the turkey normally has all these different areas with bones and whatnot. Um, you know, just, and if you, and if you want, just do the other things separately. It's a, it's a game changer for next year. Mm-hmm. For next year, I've never done. Yeah, I've never done the brining. I'll have to try that now. I was, it was just a miracle that I cooked a turkey and no one got sick. <laughs> <laughs> it came to temperature. It was perfect. Doctor, is the convo at a psychologist dinner different than a regular people dinner? Like when uh, you ask a happens. question, do people think that you're probing? How does that work? Um, nothing is said without a deep analysis, including. Um, why the vegetables are arranged the way they are and what they <laughs> what they represent. Mean. Wow. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At what level of education do you get to when you change over to you can never change that you're a psychologist ever again? You know, it's um, when I get stressed or tired or, you know, we're human too, right? And we're sort of not mm-hmm. in our, our professional state. You can just quickly, like, throw it all away and become super yeah. irrational or sad or upset. Um, human. And then you catch yourself quickly. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. catch yourself quickly. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about, I'm excited to talk with you about how, you know, as we're, we're finishing up, I was just mentioning, you know, we're getting into those final weeks for college kids where they're working on finals and it, it would be what their study weeks are. But how are students and teachers, do you think, doing at this point in the pandemic? Yeah, I, I'm really concerned mostly about parents worrying about their kids. You know, early on in the pandemic, everybody was worried about their safety, and that's, of course, number one, right? But mm-hmm. then it's now, well, will they fall behind? Are they, are, are they going to be in trouble academically? It's the big worry that parents are carrying, and I don't want them worried. That doesn't help their immune system uh, or their stress levels. And um, a study came out, uh, in fact, just at the last month, um, which looked at some basics, a uh, large sample uh, of kids from sort of kindergarten through eighth grade in reading and math, which is sort of the two big things we always look for in how are kids learning overall. If those things are doing pretty steady, everything is going great. 
And the researchers were very surprised. I was surprised um, when I saw the results. Uh, reading actually, you know, from a national sample, um, has not really declined, or maybe just a tiny, tiny bit uh, here or there, depending mm-hmm. upon where people lived. And that is fantastic news. People really expected this was going to be the Armageddon of education this year with all the remote learning and the changes. Math, however, down, uh, dropped a bit, um, but not so much that they were concerned that this was going to be awful for the long, long term, that you could you could recover. You know, you could put, pick the nose of that airplane back up. But I do have to say, for kids who, and we hear this all the time, for kids and families who are disadvantaged, you know, the pandemic hurts most who have the least, right? So mm-hmm. th- those kids we have to keep an eye on, particularly in the public school settings. Um, they're the ones who would have had likely um, sort of the lowest scoring or the ones that we're most concerned with. Um, but the teachers, <laughs> on the other hand, <laughs> it's a whole different story. And I think parents have to keep aware that they may see a mass exodus of teachers probably at, this, at the end of this year, going into next year, a lot of apprehension of new people wanting to become teachers. It's been incredibly hard. And then a separate study showed that as many as, uh, I don't know, maybe like one out of three are seriously considering leaving the profession or retiring wow. early, which would, yeah, it would pull out all of the more seasoned, experienced teachers that are actually the ones that help new teachers learn once they're on the job. And yeah. they're just absolutely stressed to the max much like our frontline workers in hospitals and healthcare. Is it, I guess, you know, because I'm not a teacher, where the stress is coming from? Because it would seem from the outside, like a, Everywhere. a teacher, but you have your, your unit you're going to teach. Is it just, is the stress coming from that it's a new way of teaching? I would say two things. One is, yes, you have to teach with all of these changing rules from administrators and the government, these shifts, these changes that you were never trained to do, which is just exhausting for all of us. Now, Mm -hmm. add to that more than one child, five children, 10 children. Mm -hmm. You know, parents have that experience of when they're around kids for long periods of time, how exhausting, how hard it really is. I think we have maybe uh, a bit of a fantasy of what teaching looks like from movies or television. They look like they're all in control and they say something amazing all the time. It is an incredible amount of work. They tend to be, you know, when classrooms are in session, standing on their feet all day long, focused, presenting, um, and and having to then shift on a dime for like the 20 or 30 plus kids and keep a lot of behaviors in check. It's absolutely exhausting. I, I taught at the college level for a while, and that's mm-hmm. college. I was exhausted. Exhausted. I used to have to go home and take naps before then I could go back to the office and see cases. Doc, wow. I go through this with my daughter where she, she'll say something about a teacher and I have to remind her, look, they weren't trained for this. They're dealing with the same technical issues you are on your end. So cut them some slack. Is there anything else as a parent we can do to help make it smoother for the teacher who we may, we may not have a lot of contact with them, but the kids see them all day online. Yeah, I want to pick up on that thread, which is let's like have some real serious empathy for these teachers 
who are, are in many ways just like on their last leg, if you will, and they, and they really are wanting to go out the door. And I, I think they're really concerned about safety when they have to go back into classrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they feel like they're not respected. So, so if we can turn this around by just having some empathy and saying to ourselves, look, I've, I've got to, as a parent, I've got to take this down a lot. My anxiety, my natural worry about where my kid is, if my kid's going to be okay, is translating accidentally or in ways to the teachers overall. And then that's accumulating across all parents onto just one or two teachers. And it's just too much stress uh, stress and pressure. So I, you, you've, you've got to sort of like get away from that sort of race to nowhere kind of thing that we know mm-hmm. we do in this country, the push, 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 accelerate, keep up with everyone. It's really damaging for kids and it's really affecting teachers. But I think the, the big thing is get your kids to show the empathy. In other words, when's maybe the last time kids said maybe even on a on a, on a virtual classroom situation, you know, we miss you or, you know, we love you too. Or, there's a, you know, if they're younger, they can sing a song or they could they could hold up a little sign that says, you know, teachers are teachers are awesome or something. Mm-hmm. So there's at least floating back yeah. this appreciation. appreciation. And a lot of the kids are, you know, understandably tuned out bored <laughs> or not paying attention. And the teachers are thinking, you know, I, I probably could have gone into many other things, but I had a calling for this. You know, what, what's happening here? Why am mm-hmm. I doing this? A lot coming from teachers matters, uh, excuse me, from students to their teachers matters so much. I think that's really why they went into the profession. That's a great idea. What Can you define empathy? Because I think people hear that word a lot and might not quite know the definition. I need the clinical... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the clinical one, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, when we think of empathy, you automatically what pops even into my mind is just you know just be nice, <laughs> you know, be nice mm-hmm. to people. Um, but it's actually what we call a cognitive ability. It's the ability to sort of stop, pause on your needs and view of the world, and 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 imagine it from another angle. Almost, what is it like if I was seeing the world and viewpoints and assumptions and experiences from another person? When you stop what's going on in your head and sort of you know time travel if you will, over to that other person, you now have empathy. And what it does is it, it pulls you out of your own anxiety. It, it takes us out of being a bit self-absorbed with the messages in our head. And it's a really empowering thing to show empathy. Not only are you being really good to other people, and you're probably going to make a better outcome because you understand them better. Um, you you also are are powerful. You know, you're, you're suppressing sort of your needs. You're the better person if you will, you're, you're, you're stronger, you're, you're showing sort of the right thing to do. And it's an empowering thing. In addition, of course, to lowering the anxiety in your head that drives negative behavior. When you're stressed, if you noticed, that's when you get most vigilant, upset, irritable, closed down and defensive. And that's when, check, that's check, when empathy check. dies. That's when empathy <laughs> dies. Right. Put angry on right. that list. I can't find it anywhere that empathy Jim, sometimes. I always look uh-huh. at it, walk a mile in my shoes. And that's kind of, for me, that's that's how I do empathy is when, and you're right, Doc, when, when we are frustrated, I'm like, okay, let's, let's back up and just, what's their perspective of how I'm being like, maybe that would help defuse or at least calm the situation. 
And when you are stressed or anxious, <laughs> go back and realize how many false conclusions you arrived at. Yeah, oh, exactly. Decisions you made, and you're like, uh, oh, oh, I thought that were wasn't you there? the bag. I got a great imagination. <laughs> I know, me too. Yeah. Exactly. Can you believe, I mean, we started talking to you back at the beginning of this pandemic, and I feel like we have enriched so many people's lives with your wisdom. We really appreciate your Friday morning talks with us. Oh, that's so great. Thanks for the opportunity. You know, it allows me to know that I can reach even more people. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a gift for me, too. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, your book is called? The Power of Agency. And actually, everything we're talking about is about agency, having the wherewithal, just using what you can in your behaviors, your ways of thinking to just sort of have some power in your life and teach it to your kids. Can your next book be called Surviving Janet and Nick? <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be Surviving the Pandemic, but I, I have a feeling that's yeah. a title that's going to be very popular. Probably. <laughs> Probably. It was great talking to you. Thanks for checking in this morning. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Dr. Anthony Rayo, nationally known child psychologist and author of Power of Agency, on KISS 98.5. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.